0: Hey everyone, Drew Pagliari back with a power spread analysis on all things football. So one more game left. Uh, This is Drew Pagliari at power spread. Uh, We've got one more game left in the wild card playoffs. And it could possibly be the best game. It definitely to me, even though the Bengals are the the most fun, and everybody's checking in on them right now, uh, which actually started the playoff weekend, or actually the whole playoffs. I think this game was obviously why it's the Monday night game. It was the marquee matchup, except these, both of these teams are wildly inconsistent, so it could be a dud. But I think it's an exciting game. I mean, it's exciting pregame to think of what it could be. It could be a lot of excitement, and a lot of that has to do with the air raid offense. Uh, who would have ever thought that the air raid started by Hell Mummy and uh, Mike Leach and Tony Franklin back in the 80s and – or I, I should say the 90s and then exploding in the 2000s. Who would have th- thunk it <laughs> that – actually, maybe it, did, it was sort of the 80s it started because Tim Couch in Kentucky was doing it out of the two-back formation in the 90s. And then Leach was doing it out of the one-back formation after that. But who would have thunk that it would have made its way into the NFL – and even the old run and shoot, which a lot of people think is dead and buried, all kinds of concepts from that are still in the NFL everywhere. And a coaching friend of mine, Manny Sackis runs the, well, he calls the triple shoot. But there's, there's run and shoot going on everywhere. But in the NFL, there's no run and shoot team. But there's run and shoot elements that are going on. Um, all throughout the league, and there's air raid elements that go on. But just because, you know, everybody's touches upon different concepts now over the whole history of football, and they touch upon it, you can't really put that in. When I put in, like, power spread, like, you know, I started that I would say a power spread offense, and I used – Regular letters, like the capital P, small letters power, and then capital S, small letters spread. That was the beginning when people were fleshing it out. And I started using PS and capital letters because people had fleshed it out back then. by then. Um, in the early 2000s, it was like you had your gurus doing it. Um, Urban Meyer in the power side of it. Art Bryles on the space or spread side of it. And then Gus Malzahn, all about timing and misdirection right in the middle of it. Those three guys were your gurus. But it came from people like Rich Rodriguez, even Manny Matzakis before that. Some people you don't even know. Some people you know. But really, it was those guys that popularized it in the 2000s in the college scene. And then it became very popular. And remember, there were small teams, which I leave out, that were doing it, like I said. But, But those guys took it to the big time. Then it got its way in through Harbaugh and... Uh, Andy Reid exploded it. And now Andy Reid, after what I saw yesterday, is getting ready to make this a full power spread. And I would do capital letter, letters, full. I think Gus Malzahn down in college is tweaking it again now, and, and he's going to go full PS, but that's sm- capital F-U-L-L. So it's not like as many things. Andy Reid's all caps, full pro power spread, or even full PS pro. You know, that's a PS base, a power spread break. I mean, he is doing everything, and I'm ready for him to pull out the original T formation of the 1800s. But anyway, we'll talk about that on another podcast, But um, where you have a whole bunch of linemen in the middle. But anyways, he threw to a lineman yesterday for a touchdown. Anyway, uh, well, what's going on with the air raid is that um, it slowly has made its way into the league in little pieces and elements. And then when Sean McVeigh, who's really a Bill Walsh West Coast guy originally, from his dad and the people around him, but he really w- runs the original West Coast, which is Sid Gilman, which everybody got it from, Don Coryell, Bill Walsh. Sid Gilman, who actually got it, we'll go back a little further, not got it from, he developed that West Coast system. It was a system of angles and breaking up the space and using all the space on the field. But the guy that really kind of started really using play pass, play action, getting guys using different parts of the field was Francis Schmidt, Fra- Francis Schmidt, Schmidt um, who goes back to Ohio State. And then he was in Texas with TCU, and he knew Dutchmeyer, who, who was with Rusty Russell, who was the very first spread guy, spreading guys out in a little school, in a uh, little high school um, of orphans, believe it or not, in uh, Texas. And I actually talked to Rusty Russell's uh, great-grandson and kind of learned things. But anyway, but Rusty was doing that. Francis Schmidt got that from Dutch Meyer, plus his stuff that he was already doing. He was just a brilliant master of... He was the first guy to really, really come up with intricate plays. And that he was the mentor of Sid Gilman. Paul Brown knew him, too, but Paul, it was a little too much for Paul Brown. But Paul Brown became a master of organization of the game, like culture, but Sid Gilman became a master of the passing game. They took what Clark Shaughnessy did in the 1940s with Sid Luckman and everybody in that misdirection T, and then solidified it into quarterback as a dropback passer and using the whole field. And, that was, and then it became a pro offense with power games going on because of Vince Lombardi and the pooling and the zone. But, but Sid Gilman was the first guy to do zone blocking, believe it or not. But Vince Lombardi blew that up in the power sweep stuff. And and then other people blew it up even more. Um, and you had Don Coryell on the one side. So you had a whole bunch of people. And then you started having it go into Joe Gibbs and his power West Coast offense, Mike Shanahan. And then you had guys coming from the run and shoot, Jack Newmeyer to Dennis Erickson, and they combined it with the Gilman power West Coast stuff. I mean, it just all meshed into what we ended up calling a pro, a pro offense. The air raid is from This West Coast offense of Bill Walsh, which BYU took and made it the college West Coast. So again, you have Gilman to Coriel to Walsh. Walsh made it more horizontal, shorter passes, but pass first, run later. And BYU added more flexibility in that and more simplicity for the college game and let the quarterback run more. So Sid Gilman wanted the drop back protection, not running, no running quarterback. He hated that. Bill Walsh ran into the quarterback a little bit. He liked to do rollouts, like with Joe Montana a little bit. BYU said, heck with it. If they want to run, let them run. That's why Steve Young, you had Jim McMahon at BYU, who was a big, strong, tough guy, but then you had Steve Young who was running all over the field. So BYU was looser about it, but they still had a, a lot of West Coast elements. Um... Mike Leach and Hell Mummy were fascinated with that offense. The idea of the West Coast offense was was looser. And they also looked at the run-and-shoot offense, which was a spread-passing offense started by Tiger Ellison. Though Tiger Ellison wanted to do it in a power spread way with a lot of running out of the spread, but also passing, and also no huddle, but way before his time. But Miles Davis took it from there, made it a passing spread. And there was a guy named Don Fott, who was in the lower ranks, he did the pure Tiger Ellison, and Manny Matsakis in a way does a lot of the Tiger Ellison, the pure the power spread part of it. But but Newmeyer was more of a pro spread with it, and then power running, lining guys up, and then Miles Davis was a pure passing spread all the way across. So the Air Raid became a combination of the BYU West Coast College offense with the spread out run and shoot, and some option routes. And different concepts from that uh, uh, run and shoot offense. That became the air raid. So the air raid was like the, the, mod, the modern, the more passing spread West Coast offense that could be leaking into a pro spread, but could also be a passing spread for college. And, again, it was much more spread out. It was just more spread than the way Bill Walsh or Sid Gilman were doing it, or even the pro spread does it. It was more spread out, a lot of passing. And the the genius of it really was, it was almost like the way you have triple option teams that keep running the wishbone. You do one thing and you do it really well, but that was in the run game. They did that in the passing game. Or even like three yards in a cloud of dust by Woody Hayes. That was just do one thing, perfect it, and do a well, Mike Leach and Hell Mummy did it with the passing game. They just didn't run a lot of different plays, but they used a lot of different looks off, I mean a lot of different plays off the same looks, but they perfected what they were doing. It kept it simple, make it perfect. Not a lot of options on the play ideas, but these guys were so good at it they could do it in their sleep. So you let the instincts of the players take over. Because they've done so much practice. Now they get out on the field, and when all hell's breaking loose, the chances are they'll come out on top because they're so good at what they do. That's what happens in the wishbone, in the flex bone, the Navy offenses, those academies running. They're so good at it. Everybody says, well, people aren't used to seeing it. It's not just that. They're, just, they're so good. at all they do. Well, that's the same with um, Mike Leach and, and Hell Mummy, but from a passing standpoint. So that's kind of how that goes. But, you know, the pro will never be like that. Like, you look at Andy Reid. He does everything under the sun. It's incredible, but he he's found a way to do it cohesively. In 2010, the pros were calling themselves multiple now. They were pulling away from the normal pro system, trying to get into the spread, power spread, but it was becoming a m- fractured. They were all over the map. Now it's cohesive, especially with a guy like Andy Reid. It's very cohesive. It's amazing to see. So the air raid has... That's how the air raid was formed. And then over time, guys like Dana Holgerson, he was a big one, but others started, Tony Franklin, I'm sorry, I should never leave him out, um, started adding the running game into the air raid and the power game. And Holgerson really added the power game from shotgun and from a lot of read options, quarterback runs, but also um, instead of just zone blocking, power blocking, you know, and he even used three backs in the backfield, the inverted wishbone, all this. This created the PSAR, power spread air raid. Now, there's a bunch of guys that come off of that, like uh, Lincoln Riley and whoever. But one guy was Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Cl- Kingsbury, quarterback, and he's the head coach of Arizona. He quarterbacked for Mike uh, Leach. And, but then he was coaching with Dana o- o- Holgerson. And I always thought he had a lot of power to his game, and he does. He has a lot of power to the, to the air raid spread. Um, but, I, but over the years, I see a conservative streak, and I see a little more pro that he does because it's more safe. Pro is a little safer to do. What Holgerson does is more aggressive and more risk. And I see a conservative side to Kingsbury that I think is his downfall in a way, but he's a brilliant man. Uh, he's a brilliant guy and a great guy with culture and a great guy with scheme. He could be a great coach. People put him down a lot. This guy could be, an, I've been saying this forever, he could be a great coach. And he, but he, I think he sort of overthinks sometimes, underthinks at other times. He's still finding his balance. And I think sometimes you just need to keep it simple and stick to power spread. If you could just keep that in your mind and, you know, and then, and, I'll, and I'll explain more as I talk about as we go on here, we go into the game. But that's how, and as far as how McVay got the air raid, well, he had Jared Goff. And Jared Goff, the quarterback, played for an air raid guy um Sonny, oh man it, dykes Sonny dykes he had, his dad was knew all the leach guys and, and dykes coached for leach so he was a pure air raid guy that's who golf quarterbacked under had a great college career so gilman was learning more about the air raid and there was a lot of air raid in his system so much so i started calling him you know well first of all there's tons of gilman base, Sid Gilman, which is odd because he really learned the Bill Walsh way, but he likes to get it downfield, get the ball. He likes to use all the field, Sean McVay. He likes to do a lot of play action. He likes to use the whole field vertically as well as horizontally, middle, wide, deep, everything. And then power runs with the big passing game. So he does it all. But if you look at the way he does it, it looks so much like if you knew what Sid Gilman was going for, it looks like Sid Gilman so much. So I call him Gilman Plus, I used to call him, or Gilman Pro Plus. And then I started saying Gilman Pro PS, because he was using some power spread elements. Then with Goff, he was doing Air Raid. So it was like Gilman Pro PSAR. (laughs) And even without Goff, now with Stafford, he's still doing Air Raid stuff. So he's a Gilman Pro PSAR. It's a unique invention We may never see it come around again, or we might. People will copy him, maybe, so we'll see. But, you know, there's a guy named Bill Mountjoy, I I said this in another podcast, that taught me about Gilman, and he kept saying everything in the future is going to be Gilman, and I'm like, no, it's going to be power spread. He said I was wrong, I thought he was wrong, we were both right. (laughs) It's going power spread and Gilman. There's a lot more to Gilman that we still don't know, but I don't want to get like Bill Mountjoy and keep saying Gilman. But it's interesting, McVeigh's Type of offense, the way it's laid out, if you watch a highlight reel of his game, one of his games, it's just amazing. It looks it's like I'm watching Sid Gilman doing his thing. but the difference is there's some air raid concepts definitely that Gilman didn't know or would, would, would even want to do. He didn't like, he liked timing, so did Bill Walsh. So they didn't want all that option route stuff. And then the other thing is not that that's so much air raid by the way, but that does come into air raid because of the run and shoot. Run and shoot is option route. so you have you don't really run one route, you can decide on the run. Make an op- it's an option. Um, and also they use the quarterback's legs. Uh, McVeigh still uses, I mean, even with Stafford, he's not a running quarterback, can run a little bit. He likes to do um, read option, rollouts, and uh, everything. And he'll run wildcat. And he'll do re- um, all kinds of reverses and stuff. So Gilman's really, I mean, I'm sorry, um, McVeigh is really a PS guy at this point too. But it's starting from a Gilman base in a pro system. And it's Gilman Pro PSAR, I guess I could call it. Could almost say Gilman PSAR. He almost is so different that it's almost not even a pro base, but it really is. He'll go into those big pro power run heavy sets too. So he does all that stuff. Um, Kingsbury is just a PSAR. I mean, I'm sorry, um, a PSAR Pro. He does enough pro that I, I'm surprised. He does more pro now that he's gotten to the pros. And I think it's a protection of quarterback Murray. He's afraid to get him hurt, you know. Again, if he had two Murrays, maybe that'd be good. But um, but the thing is, that'd be too much money, obviously. But anyway, um, but it's still mostly PSAR, power spread air raid, with a pro, a lot of pro in it. But I would say PSAR pro. And I don't think, there's nobody else who runs the PSAR in the pros as much as, you know, Kingsbury. Another thing, he does a lot of no huddle, and you don't see that a lot in the pro. So that combined with the running quarterback is really a PSAR first, but there's a lot of pro elements. So it's a base PSAR, then pro, PSAR pro. Now, now that I've explained these two guys, let's just say this. There's some injuries. Robert Woods is missing, you know, all year for uh, McVeigh. Um, Arizona's had some injuries to their running backs But a lot of the guys are coming back today Um, I mean, I'm sorry, Kingsbury, Arizona Yeah, they've had a lot So there's that But they're going to get their points I mean, even in that second game that Arizona lost They were moving the ball They've been moving the ball all year It's just mistakes, mistakes, mistakes Either penalties or just player mistakes Kingsbury's made some mistakes in his game management But everybody's focused on that a lot that one fourth and one or fourth and one where they didn't they didn't get it. and People blamed Kingsbury for not kicking a field goal, or whatever it was. I can't remember now. But against the Rams in the second game, I remember how Connor ran. It was a read option or a little draw. Connor had it and he hesitated. He was playing around too much. Murray was starting to become a really better drop back passer, and if you add that into all his running and all that power spread stuff, this is going to be hard to stop this guy, and it was. But he started getting a little loose. He was back there, I want to say, playing around. And I don't mean that he wasn't taking it seriously. I think they were 10-2. and two, I forget what their record. They had a really good record at one point. And it was like they were on their way. And they got, I feel like the whole team kind of got loose. And I think Kingsbury has a great culture of love. And I'm not being silly. He really has a love of his team. They love him and respect. And I think that's the new way now going forward. But you got to watch it doesn't get too loose on scheme, on operation, on personnel, and everything. And I think there was a looseness that happened. Kingsbury always seems to do bad the ends of years, but in the Texas Tech, it was a different story. And that's a whole nother podcast. But, but, you know, even last year, I think, was a little bit different. I think last year was still getting used to the team. I mean, getting used to all this. I think this year has a lot more to do with they're really good, Arizona, and they just got loose. And it started to crumble a bit. And then they had injuries and it got worse. Then the media's on them and now they're trying too hard. So, and Kingsbury can overthink. I'm, I'm, I have a feeling we're going to see a little, not that, we're going to see something more towards the beginning of the year. But I know they haven't shown it at all lately. So I could be wrong. I don't know. But I'm just having a weird feeling that we're going to, especially because they're getting some guys back too that will make them feel better. But anyway, players, you know? Uh, the defenses. Uh gone is uh, Staley, Brandon Staley, who did a great job with the uh, Rams defense under McVeigh. And before that was Wade Phillips, the great Wade Phillips from the great Bum Phillips. And Wade Phillips did an incredible job. Brandon Staley more or less used the talent, used some of what Wade Phillips' scheme is, and then implemented some of the college stuff of the cover six, where you have cover two on one side and a deep safety, cover six on the other, I mean, cover four on the other side where the safety comes up with the cornerback and covers each fourth. So a fourth, a fourth, a deep safety, and the half, uh, with the half and then the over there. So the cover two, cover four, you put that together as cover six. Matt um, Venables, Brent Venables, a great defensive coordinator for... Now he's in Oklahoma, but he's for Clemson. He did that amazing job with all that and switching coverages back there. You can switch a lot. You can go cover one, man under, cover one, zone under, cover three, um, uh, cover four. You can move it all around from a cover six. And that's what's cool. You can go cover two quick. You can go into cover two. You can, there's a bunch you can do. Usually, and the standard is, you have two deep safeties, one drops down, and you got a quarters on one side and a cover two on the other. So that's the standard for um, both these defensive coordinators now at this point. But they both come from different places. Brandon Staley was doing that. That's mainly all he was doing, and he had a lot of talent on that team, and he was a good teacher and a good motivator. And he went on to be a head coach, and I think he'll be, do pretty well as a head coach. But it wasn't really like his scheme was incredible. It wasn't anything like that, like people kind of seem to think. And so Raheem Morris is coming to bin, is now the guy. He's a longtime Tampa 2 guy from Dungy and Money Kiffin. But then he coached under Haslett, Jim Haslett, for a bit. And Haslett's a Dick LeBeau guy. That is all about the zone blitz and mixing it up and going into cover three and sometimes man and all that. So that would mainly cover three on that. But yeah, no. So he then he went into that. So that had to loosen up. But then he got under Dan Quinn in Atlanta. And Dan Quinn is a 4-3 hybrid, cover one, man under. Well, he was really a cover three with Pete Carroll. He's from Pete Carroll's guys, which would go back to the 49ers stuff, George Seifert. But he turned it more into a cover one with a lot of aggressive man under and a couple blitzes. But for the most part, he wasn't aggressive enough. He tweaked it to get more aggressive. And now he's, Quinn is t- tweaking it again with Dallas. But I still think it's not aggressive enough. I think that might have been why they, part of the reason they lost yesterday. But he, he almost does a cover six, too. And Morris has taken from that. I see a lot of cover six with, with Morris. I don't see enough aggression from Morris as usual, but sometimes he pumps it up. The second Rams game that they won, Morris did pump up some more mixing of the blitzes up front and mixing of the coverages, more man, mix it in with his own. So if he can keep aggressive, even get more aggressive, the Rams will have a chance. But with his injuries, a lot, they, both of their, their top safeties are out. They're bringing a guy out of retirement in there, Weddle, who was great, but he's coming out of retirement. They have a, a, a second year guy, Burgess, who actually has a lot of talent, but he's. So you got one guy too young, one guy who's retired, he's too old. They had two safeties, they're gone. They have a shaky cornerback, a shaky nickel. The only guy back there right now is Ramsey. I think this could scare Morris into getting really conservative, and that will be a mistake. I think Arizona—they will their linebackers bail out like a lot of the NFL guys. They run deep because they cover all the mid-range stuff, you know. Like and that opens it up for a running quarterback, and even Stafford. I mean, Arizona bails out too up there in the middle, and Stafford ran on him. Can you imagine Murray? And Stafford, actually, I love McVeigh that he uses Stafford on read options and he uses Wildcat. McVeigh does it all. But anyway, Murray runs, screen passes, Arizona's great at. That's part of the air raid offense. And guess who else does the screen pass? McVay. So we have two defenses where they play a lot of cover six. They're a little bit not aggressive enough. Their linebackers bell out. I think we're going to see quarterbacks running, screen passes. Then we're going to see the medium range stuff. Then we're going to see deep shots. Both teams will do the deep shot. We're going to see it all. I think the offenses are going to be good unless they get conservative and try to control the clock. I don't think Arizona will do that. They better do the no huddle. And Sean McVeigh does the no huddle too. But Sean McVeigh is always aggressive in the regular season and clams up in the playoffs over and over and over. It drives me nuts. Is he going to get conservative again like he always does? Now, Mike Tomlin actually was aggressive yesterday, and it really did work, believe it or not. They just ran into a buzzsaw. It's like too little too late against a genius, <laughs> Andy Reid. But, and and you know, but... Maybe if Tomlin got aggressive, I'm thinking maybe McVay will get aggressive this playoff. Finally, if he does, the Rams can win this. Even without uh, um, Robert Wood, they got Odell Beckham. They've got the receivers. And Stafford still has a nice arm. He's a good quarterback. Um, he can move a little bit. I'm telling you, they can. They, their offense line's still good, though. It's getting older. Pretty soon, they're going to have to start really making some turnover. And they already are. You know, on defense, they've had a lot of turnover, and they've even gotten guys middle of the year like Von Miller and stuff. And that's another thing I want to talk about. The personnel for Arizona has stayed really consistent in three years. That's odd in the NFL. They've had a lot of personnel staying the same. There's a lot of camaraderie and morale. No matter how much they've struggled, they love each other. I guarantee it. That team's been together. As far as the Bengals, they've been making changes every year. And this year it came together. So that's a different... They, that's a hard thing to do. But I think Taylor had a plan. I, I don't know. or Maybe he got lucky a little bit. But... You know, Kingsbury's kept that team pretty solid in the year and the age of free agency, whereas the Rams are starting to make changes, and I think a lot more are coming And with their quarterback, but with a lot lot on defense. And now they have these injuries. I think that's going to mess that defense up. If I had to take a guess, I think Morris gets conservative, and then they're in trouble. And they have to keep up in scoring with Arizona. I think Arizona finishes the drives. And by the way, goal line, Arizona doing bad on goal line a lot, what do you do down there? You have a running quarterback. There is nothing better than a running port quarterback at goal line. But Kingsbury, again, like I said, got too hung up on the passing spread. At one point when they were doing so well, I think he really wanted to, to develop Murray. And who knows? Maybe the general manager owner said to him, I don't want this guy hurt. I don't want him running. You never know what's going on back there. I heard the owner or somebody or general manager interviewed for Arizona. And he kept saying, they were like, is Murray going to run? He goes, well, let's hold on there. So, you know he knows Murray can run. I don't think he wants him running. So that could have affected Kingsbury because Kingsbury didn't do so much pro-style dropback at Texas Tech. I didn't think he did, but a little bit. Texas Tech, hey, the original offense is a passing spread and a dropback for Leach, and Kingsbury played for that. So maybe he leans towards that too. And then if an owner or something saying, I don't want Murray hurt, no more running for Murray. But he still runs. He scrambles. He rolls out. He moves all around. He, he takes off when the linebackers bail out. But we need more planned runs, more use of his legs. And, you know, not like a maniac getting hurt, but just get his legs. You, you got to use this guy's legs. You got to use the running backs. It looks like Connor's back. They're getting a lot of their guys back. I don't know how much they're going to play. But you've got Connor, uh, Moore, Rondell Moore, the great young guy uh, in the slot. From Purdue, uh, you have Wilson, the cornerback, and they really need that cornerback because they're a little, um, you know. They have, uh, by the way, that's the defensive backs are big in this, just like Oakland, Cincinnati. Cincinnati had a big edge there. Steelers' defensive backs for a week that was a problem. You have a big situation here where Arizona has a Buddha Baker, who's awesome at safety, a leader. And he leads the whole thing. Another really good safety, a really good cornerback, a young guy, Ramsey. And if Wilson plays and plays what, up to his, he's not bad at the other cornerback. Um, you had two good safeties for Rams, they're out. You're bringing in a guy retired. you got a young guy who hasn't played much. Ramsey's the only guy. So there's a big advantage there, too. You know, and, and, and those defensive backs, it's not even just about interceptions and stuff. It's about coming up for the run. Because the Rams like to power it and surprise power runs. And now that I'm saying that, it leads me to another thing. Another conservative thing by Kingsbury the second half of the year was not breaking tendency. He does sort of what you expect almost a lot. You know, run on the downs you're supposed to run, pass on the down. I would like to see him do read option and runs on third and eight, third and 10. And don't laugh, McVeigh does it. And on first and 10, he lines up in a power formation. I call it spread power, the opposite fake handoff, go deep. Deep shots on first down, running on third. Now, not every time, obviously, but you've got to mix it up like that. I'd like to see Kingsbury do more of this and not so much just at one point they were running the no huddle. And I'll be honest, in that second Ram game, there was a couple times where Murray looked really comfortable just dropping back, dropping back every, you know, no huddle, bing, bang, almost like a Rothensburger or something, bing, boom, boom, you know? So if he's on a roll, yeah, I guess let it go. But I don't want to see that all the time with him. He's, short, he's, a, he's a small guy, in the pocket. It's a struggle. Um, he tries to... He, he, he still misses guys open a lot. Not just because he's small. It's just not his forte. He's gotten better, but it's not his forte. I like to see some drop back, but I like to get those legs going there, you know? And he's such a great improviser. So, I've said a lot here. Um, you can see I'm leaning, and it's mainly that defense of... Um, Uh, of of the Rams. Uh, I think both offenses are dynamite and can be dynamite. We don't know if McVay is going to be conservative. I can't imagine Kingsbury will be conservative, but it's his first playoff. If they're both conservative, we won't even see great offense. But we're going to see somebody with good offense. It's got to be. And I think it's going to be at least Arizona. But I think that McVay may get more aggressive, and I think we could see some offensive fireworks. But the the question is, which defense? And Vance Joseph, who I haven't talked about yet, the defensive coordinator for... Arizona, was a great pick by Kingsbury. He has a huge background. I can't even get into it here. But all different kinds of 3-4s, 4 threes, 3, three um, mixing coverage, mixing blitz, LeBeau, you know, the conservative stuff, aggressive stuff. He's all over the map. He tends to get a little conservative, though. But I think it's just fear of the type of, you know, great passers and quarterbacks in the NFL and the, and the, and the great offenses now. But I think what he likes to do now is mix a lot of coverage. And he does cover six now, too. And I think that's just some of the recent developments. But he definitely will go into cover, two, And he'll go single high with a man underneath. A lot of man-to-man. So he really mixes it up more than Morris. Sometimes too conservative. Spagnuolo... Kansas City guy yesterday was ultra-aggressive. I couldn't believe it. That's a defense. That's a power-spread defense. He can get conservative. He didn't do it yesterday. Vance Joseph has that ability to get like that and really mix it up. you got Simmons, the great linebacker there, who can play defensive back or lineman. He can be over the field for Arizona. And you've got other guys there, other speedy guys. And you can bring Buda Baker up. He'll bring his safeties up more than more than Morris will do. Blitz him, do all that stuff. So, um, I expect uh, a lot from um, a, a lot more chance that, especially with the injuries with the Rams, I expect a much bigger chance that Joseph will be aggressive. And even if he's not as aggressive as I want him to be, it may still be enough. Uh, probably would be. And so that that's really that defensive injuries maybe scaring Morris from any aggression could be the big thing. Um, what else do I have here? Both kickers are very good. But Prater, the guy for Arizona, is a veteran. He's been around forever. He's done well in the playoffs. He's good at onside kicks, even for what it's worth. And I would almost go with him on that in a close game, too. Uh, what else do I have? If this game could be a dud, if McVeigh is conservative again, Kingsbury is scared, Morris on the defensive side is scared, so then Vance Joseph just joins him and gets scared. If everybody, it's, it's, it's back to the same old thing, as always who's going to be conservative? Who's going to be aggressive? I'm going with Kingsbury. I'm going with Arizona. I think Murray makes the fans really happy. No one will talk about what I've been just talking about. They'll just talk about the quarterback. They'll talk about Murray. We're going to see read options, wildcats, screens, running backs out of the backfield, receivers, I'm sorry, receivers out of the backfield, running backs lined up and pass receiver, which by the way, McVay does all that too. But I think we're going to see good stuff from McVay. I'm going to give McVay a break and say he's going to be aggressive this one. And we're going to have a lot of offense, but I think it's more the Arizona. I think some big plays on defense for Arizona to help that. Um, I think Stafford's going to actually play well. Everybody's questioning that. I think Murray's going to be play well. I think a lot of the questions people have are going to be answered into, yes, Murray will play well. Yes, Stafford will play well. Yes, McVay will go for it. Yes, Kingsbury will go for it. Make good decisions. Um, again, the defense with Morris and those injuries, I'm worried about. By the way, though, Burgess and another guy named Scott are talented guys back there. Weddle was a great player. He's coming. He's coming out of ret- but he's coming out of retirement. Those other guys haven't played much. It, I, it could happen. Rams could do this, you know. Even with those n- people in the defensive backfield. But just how could you bet on that? Got to go with Arizona. And last but not least, um, that's it. I think Kingsbury wins this. Arizona wins this. Everybody's real happy. And then the next game, Kingsbury overthinks. They do too much, and they blow it, and then everybody's mad again. I think that's what we're going to see. And so that is a wrap. Here from the Power Spread Studios, this is Drew Pagliari. Until next time.